Disney Deciphered, podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we continue our ride guide series by taking a visit to Adventureland in the Magic Kingdom, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Jungle Cruise. Find old episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you can receive bonus content. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. I can help you plan your Disney vacation and relieve a lot of your stress. Email josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for us, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So today we are continuing our ride guide. We are going back to the Magic Kingdom to Adventureland, where one of the very original attractions opened up in 1971. One of people's favorite lands in Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And so we thought we'd take a look today at Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean. Caribbean, Leslie, I never can get this. I don't know which way it's supposed to go. <laughs> it's Caribbean as a noun. It's Caribbean as an adjective. So Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean food. Yes. But Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Oh, you wow. Got it. Look, I learn something new every day on Disney Deciphered, <laughs> and we hope you do too. Uh, before we get started, we want to thank some of our new patrons. Leslie, who do we got today? So we're thanking Sheila A. and Jocelyn H. today. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. If you'd like to support us as well, you can go to patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered. Lots of options to sign up there and you can get some of our bonus content like all of the fun stuff we did this summer when Joe was at Alaska for his Disney cruise and I was in Disneyland Paris. Yes, that's right. Now, one of the things I really enjoy about these ride guides is I'm not as up on Disney history as some folks are. So I do get to learn some stuff while I'm doing research for the rides. Now, Adventureland, if you're coming into the Magic Kingdom, it's on the left side. You know, it's on the very left hand side of the wheel. Like if you're going clockwise, that's where you're going to go first. What I did know was that Adventureland opened with Magic Kingdom. What I didn't know is that it opened with three attractions, the Enchanted Tiki Room, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, which we've mentioned a few times on this podcast, and then Jungle Cruise, which we were talking about today. What I didn't know, Leslie, was that it did not open with Pirates of the Caribbean. And in fact, the reason why Disney ultimately opened a Pirates of the Caribbean attraction in Adventureland in Walt Disney World in December of 1973 is because people who were familiar with Disneyland kept coming to Adventureland and being like, where's the Pirates ride? Which is, I think is kind of funny. I read somewhere that the reason Disney didn't put pirates into the Magic Kingdom initially was, you know, they were in Florida. So like this is land of pirates really close to the Caribbean. And maybe they thought it was like a little too close to home that it wouldn't be exotic enough there. But it was such a hit in California that they had to bring it to Florida. And so it didn't take long. Yeah. So I think that's pretty funny. We should state right here off the bat that we are talking about Pirates of the Caribbean at Walt Disney World, which Leslie, you will attest many times over and have attested, is the inferior version of Pirates. It is. And we'll get to that when we do our ride rankings at the end of it. <laughs> but it's still, Ooh, you know. I'm excited. I'm excited. What, okay. tier, what tier is this going to be? Yeah. And yeah. a quick reminder, uh, we're going to run through the attraction. We'll be a little bit less on spoilers. I, I, 
I was thinking about it. We don't need to run through every single scene of these attractions because, you know, if you haven't been on them before, it's good to see them for the first time. And you, we will prepare you for what you need to know if you're deciding to take your kids on. But uh, we were thinking we really don't need to do a blow by blow of these two particular attractions. But as a reminder on these ride guides, we will discuss in detail the attractions and then we will end with our tier rankings, which run S, A, B, C, D, F in order, S being the highest F being the lowest tier. So let's get straight to our first attraction, Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, thank you. Thank you again, Leslie, for dropping that knowledge about the noun adjective thing. So like I said, it opened up in December of 1973. It's a slow moving boat attraction. So there's no height requirement. Disney says on its website, set sail on a swashbuckling voyage to a long forgotten time and place where pirates and privateers ruled the seas. Privateers. What are, what are privateers, Leslie? So I think a privateer is a semi-legitimate pirate. (laughs) Those are individuals who, I guess, get some sort of government authority to carry out kind of military ends. So somewhere in the middle of being kosher in the naval world, I guess. It's the suicide squad of pirates or uh, <laughs> okay or, or this is a uh, you know we're disney so marvel so it's the thunderbolts okay okay uh nerding over but anyway uh let's run through the attraction really quickly the queue uh i was looking around the internet again doing research and i just thought disney tourist blog did a good description of the queue so i will just quote from him here Tom Bricker. The winding queue through Castillo del Moro Fortress gets high marks for the way it removes you from the daytime world of the theme park. Inserting my point here, it is very nice and dark and cool in there. So I totally agree with that. Almost from the beginning, you lose yourself in the fort as the queue here deviates from the less conventional back and forth of standard queues. You pass by cannons, stockpiles of ammunition, jails, and that iconic stalemate scene uh, of a chess game all the while not knowing what might be around the next corner. So it is a really very well-themed queue, in my opinion, Leslie. And then, like I said, it is very cool and great to escape the heat. Yeah, I totally agree. That's one of my favorite queues. And I will admit that this is the one part of the ride that is better than Disneyland. Disneyland's queue is nothing to write home about. This is well done. And I always enjoy riding pirates at the heat of the day just to get that awesome, awesome AC. And it's a lot of fun too during the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween party because sometimes they're actors in that part of the queue. And that's a lot of fun. Yes, those poor actors are uh, in the jail cells um, just being sad. This is one of the highest capacity attractions in Walt Disney World. Theme park tourist has it estimated at about 3,200 guests per hour. I think the Disneyland one, because Disneyland's attraction is longer, is even better. 3,500. I don't know why we keep bringing up. Well, I know why we keep bringing up Disneyland because it's the better version. But let's let's run through the Disney World version of the ride, Leslie. So just tell us a little bit about that, generally what we can expect. Sure. So the ride itself is seven and a half minutes long, not quite as long, like you say, as the Disneyland version, but still a pretty good long boat ride. And I'm not going to go through like scene by scene in part because I get confused as to what comes in what order (laughs) at Magic Kingdom versus at Disneyland because things are definitely in different orders based upon the layout of the ride and the space that they had to fit different things in. But you'll have some scary scenes, you'll have some skulls and some skeletons and sort of, you know, pirates were here kind of scenes. And then, you know, of course, have moved along and left this destruction in their wake. And you will have a 
dark drop at one point during the ride. Disneyland folks know there are two drops at that ride, but World just has the single drop. And another thing that you'll see is a large battle happening between a pirate ship sort of firing on a port city. And so you'll see some cannons being fired. Those do get kind of loud. You'll get sort of some gunpowder smells throughout the ride as a result of those. And then sort of the big part of the ride is you're sailing through that town that's under attack by the pirates and you sort of see it disintegrating (laughs) before your eyes, things on fire, you know, pirates taking people captive, things like that. Yeah, and I think one of the complaints about both pirates attractions is that they have been updated over time to be, I guess, less controversial. So, you know, I remember when I was there as a kid in the 90s, there were you know, the pirates were chasing women around in circles um, with the implication that they were going to do nefarious things. Well, nowadays, it's the women chasing the pirates with like brandishing frying pans um, because they're chasing them away. Which that makes sense because the scene was incredibly problematic. And then another scene, which has been updated. Uh, Originally, the pirates were auctioning off women, but now the redhead who was like I guess the prize that was being auctioned is now the auctioneer and she's auctioning off, I don't know, stolen contraband. These were definitely necessary changes to the attraction and the animatronics are still fine. But I think what's happened is the story just makes no sense now. I think pirates used to have a story and you could tell that the pirates were degenerates and they were getting worse and worse. And then they end up all kind of dying in the end. That seemed what like what the story used to be about. Now, I really more think of the attraction as you're just going through various pirate scenes, but don't try to put together a narrative because it's going to be confusing. And you can throw this in there after the Pirates of the Caribbean movies came out, which, of course, the movie was based on the ride, not the other way around. They started adding this Johnny Depp animatronic into various scenes, which is a great animatronic, but again, story-wise, just kind of makes no sense. So they updated scenes, which definitely needed to be done, but I think they could have done a better job integrating it into the story. I don't know what your opinion about all that is. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it made sense that we needed to make the changes um, (laughs) in, in plenty of ways, but it also sacrificed sort of the original story, which doesn't really make sense in 2022 or whatever it is. And Johnny Depp's addition to the ride confuses things further. One thing we haven't talked about, Joe, is the song for the ride. Yo-ho, yo-ho, Pirate's Life for Me, which is just a classic, an earworm that you'll be singing for the rest of your vacation and the rest of probably your life. Because we sing it at my house over here. What about you? Yeah, same. I think that if you have, it's a small world stuck in your head and you want to get it out, go on Pirates of the Caribbean um, because it's just as catchy. And you're just replacing one earworm for another, but you you can change it up. I would say that like 50% of the time, I see the word yo, like the tune just starts going into my head. So it's a very catchy song. And it really, I mean, it is is kind of my favorite part of the ride. That and the most iconic scene to me is at the end where you see some of the pirates in jail and they're trying to coax a dog to help them get out. I remember that from when I was a kid and it's still, I mean, that is my favorite scene in the entire attraction. So moving on to who this attraction is for, this is really one of the most iconic Disney World attractions. Like I said, when Disney World opened, people were like, why is Pirates not here? So I feel like pretty much everyone should try this attraction. The only exceptions are if you're 
thinking that your kids might be afraid of being in the dark, you know, that drop, it's a very small drop, but that drop with the boat, it is almost pitch black dark. And so, you know, if you think they're going to be afraid of that, there are some skeletons like dried up skeletons on the beach of pirates who have deceased. There's loud noises when the cannons are firing. If those are things you think your kids might be concerned about, maybe you skip it. But other than that, I really think everyone needs to try this attraction at least once. And once your kids are old enough, they need to try it as well. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, you can take babies on this ride. I mean, I did with my son. He was in a baby carrier. He usually would uh, take a nap because it was so dark. (laughs) So apparently it didn't bother him at that age. So yeah, this is definitely one the whole family can do. And I think it's a very limited set of people who ultimately have problems with it. And the problems are are really sort of short-lived, like that drop, that cannon, you know, and then it's over. So that's something that it's sort of worth taking the gamble on, I think, unless you have a specific issue that you know is going to be a deal breaker for your kid. I totally agree. And really, the problems only last for like one or two years. It's like when your kids are old enough to know what's scary, but um, not old enough to like kind of be over it. So it's like when they're like four to six, five to seven, uh, depending on your kid, but like a two or three year old, they, they would just, they would have no idea what's going on and they'd just be fine. It just seems like a dark place. Uh, and again, reiterating, it is very nice and cool in there. Now, another reason why everyone should try this attraction is because in terms of getting on the attraction, it is one of the easiest to do at Magic Kingdom, partially because of that gigantic ride capacity that we mentioned before. Starting with Genie Plus, if you have purchased Genie Plus for the day, if you're going to use it on Pirates of the Caribbean in the morning. It's easy peasy. It'll probably be a pretty quick return time again because of the huge capacity. But you can also get it later in the day and still not have to wait too long for a return time. So often, if you're checking Genie Plus at four or five, you can get return times an hour later. It's middle of the road for how fast it goes because it's so iconic. A lot of people are going to book Genie Plus for it, but then because of the large ride capacity, it also gets balanced out because there's a lot of supply. In terms of standby line strategies, Leslie, what do we got? So folks should realize that Adventureland is not open for the early entry theme park hours. So don't try to head there because that's not going to work. But it does mean that you can rope drop it essentially um, when the park opens to everybody. And so it means if you're somebody who is not staying on site and you don't have that early entry, you know, you can get there right away as the entire land and the ride opens. So that first hour of the morning, that's a great time to ride, but you really don't have to rope drop it. Like I would recommend riding something else first and then making this maybe number two or number three, if it's really high on your list, because the line just doesn't build. Like you say, with that big capacity, the standby line is going to be short for quite a while in the morning. So it's definitely one that even if it is your number one pick, don't do it as number one. Definitely agree. And then late afternoon in the evening, the lines get really short. Uh, I've Many times have I seen the standby line posted at 25 minutes at like 7 p.m. And then I've gone in and it's a walk-on. So huge capacity. And, then, and it's not an attraction that People are riding two, three, four, five, six times. So really late in the day is a great time to ride it as well. Uh, if you don't have Genie Plus or you've used your Genie Plus and you want to ride it again. Let's get to our final thoughts on the attraction, Leslie. What tier from S to F do you give this attraction? And I'm super curious because, well, I don't want to explain why I'm curious. You go. Okay, so I'm giving it a B and that's because I know 
what is possible from this attraction at Disneyland where I think it would probably get get an A. And it's kind of unfair because it is still a really great ride at Disney World. It's one that I always do. I never miss it. It's one that works for the whole family. So I feel like, you know, it's getting dinged a little bit because Disneyland's version is just better. But it is solidly a good ride. Like, it's a wobbler for me between A and B. Yeah, now now you're making me feel bad. And I, I do feel bad. But I was thinking to myself, in general, we give pretty high tier rankings for these attractions. We need to give some attractions low attractions. And so I decided to give this a C tier attraction rating. Ouch. which. <laughs> It feels a little bit low, but let me explain myself and um, please don't send me hate mail. Okay, I'm just trying to... I, I hate grading things. Why Why did we decide to do this rag, I think? But anyway, I think the reason why is because you have to ride it. I feel like it's just a classic Disney attraction. It needs to be experienced. But the reality is there are better versions of Pirates of the Caribbean out there. The Disneyland version is better. The Shanghai Disneyland version is probably s tier and so in comparison the walt disney world one just not as good and loses points compared to its peers and uh, i think because of that it's just really fallen down the rankings for me i always ride it but i would i would say that you know if it was not high capacity and it was like 45 minutes you know i would not prioritize riding it as much so i hate to say that and the other thing that really bothers me about pirates of the caribbean these days is the line of boats at the very end of the attraction is out of control you're like waiting there's eight boats in front of you to get off so you don't have a you don't have a long line getting on the attraction but you have a long line getting off yeah that's what i have Uh, i'm gonna stick to it please don't hate me all right getting to be a harder grader as we go along i mean i think that is one thing that we should have done joe is we should have actually looked at all the attractions before we started these ride guides and yes, figured out where give... they all fell. And I think we, we've got some great inflation going on. So that's fair. Yes, we need we needed to give Alien Swirling Saucers a D so that we could, uh, you know, show more you respect to these other attractions. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. So, uh, my brain is broken. Okay, this is, this is what all happens right. when you're in uh, the middle age, uh, at least for me. Okay, so let's move on to the next attraction in Adventureland Jungle Cruise, which did open, you know, one of the original attractions at Walt Disney World when it opened on October 1st, 1971. Again, another boat ride, so no height requirement. This is, before we get into it, one of your favorite attractions, and we've said it a few times, but in case you're a new listener, Leslie, why is Jungle Cruise your retirement plan? (laughs) So my husband adores Jungle Cruise, and I've always enjoyed it, but seeing it with him the last 20 plus years of my life, I have grown to love it even more. It just has great, super corny jokes, and he's always been a bit of a ham. I mean, that was his job in college in his uh, singing group was to be sort of the MC who told the, the corny jokes, and so his lifelong dream is to one day retire and become a Jungle Cruise skipper. So might be in Anaheim instead of in Orlando, but that that is our retirement plan. That has been something we've talked about for like the last couple of decades. And then as far as Adventureland goes, I think Disney World has the better Jungle Cruise, Leslie. I, th- I think because it's longer, right? Because there's more space. You know, it's not, uh, you know, Disneyland is a small place. Yeah, there's more space. It's it's a longer boat ride with sort of more scenes. So as much as I hate to admit it, when Florida is better than California, this is one I actually prefer in Walt Disney World. 
Well, if, as Disney says, you're going to chart a course for high adventure on a scenic and comedic boat tour of exotic rivers across Asia, Africa, and South America, it's always good to have a longer river. So going through the queue, it's the Jungle Navigation Company that is taking you on this tour. And it's it's nice navigation company theming with various artifacts that have been found um, throughout the exploration of these rivers. But I do find this queue to be pretty annoying partially because it is like so hard to gauge how long it is. One of the hardest attractions in my mind to gauge how long the line is. And there's like all these switchbacks and you kind of have no idea where you're going to go. It is covered. So that's good. You're not out in the sun, um, but it is not indoors. So it can get pretty warm. Um, So that's the cue. Now the ride capacity is 1800 per hour, but that's if they're running all the boats. And I do need to say here that in recent years, some of the boats have, um, Let's say uh, they're no longer river worthy. And so they've had issues. So they've been running less boats. So that capacity might be a little lower these days. Leslie, your husband's going to be the skipper one day. So I'm going to let you go through at least the beginning of the ride run through. Okay. Well, I promise I won't be telling any corny jokes. I'll leave those to him. So the ride itself is about 10 minutes. You tour three continents and sail along four different rivers of the world, the Amazon, the Congo, the Nile, and and the Mekong. I'm not going to go through sort of the different scenes in too great of a detail, but you're going to see, you're going to see hippos. You're going to see rhinos, lions, zebras, snakes, et cetera, et cetera. So definitely a jungle scene to start the attraction on the Amazon. And then you're going to pass a waterfall, which everybody knows is Schweitzer Falls, named for Dr. Albert Falls. Uh, I promised I wouldn't tell a joke, but that was kind of one. Um, I was going to say when you said that, don't don't write checks your body can't cash, but uh, it's too late. No, no. I didn't tell it in a joke fashion. I just told it in a matter of fact fashion. I was just, it was descriptive. Still hilarious. Still hilarious. That's right. So um, you're going to see some elephants. And then the end of the attraction, this is where it really diverges from the Disneyland version. You go into an indoor section of the ride into a Cambodian temple where you're going to see tigers and sort of treasures and things like that. So that's something that's going to feel very different to folks who've only done the Disneyland version. And that's something that I think sort of adds a little bit of extra theming in my mind. So then you head back into civilization. So definitely, um, you know, just see a lot of different animals and scenes. Some of them, you know, jokes. The the ride has been rethemed because like Pirates, it did have some things that were culturally insensitive to the time. So there was a big retheme to both attractions fairly recently. And and you'll see that in the queue as well. Some things have been removed recently in the last couple of years there, but definitely still has some of the sense of, you know, weirdness. I mean, if you've seen the Jungle Cruise movie, then you know, you, you know what the irreverence is all about. And and, and, the, the, and the skippers really do kind of make or break the ride. If you get a great skipper, there's nothing better on the Jungle Cruise, you know. And, and if you have a great audience who's into the jokes and laughing, then it really can be a blast. Yeah, two comments. Uh, number one, your skipper will not be Dwayne The Rock Johnson. So please do not expect that. Although he does steal Sorry. a lot of the jokes from the ride itself. Uh, And then the second thing is we pointed out how the changes to Pirates of the Caribbean have made the story all muddled. I will say that 
for these Jungle Cruise changes that have been made, at least in my mind, Leslie, it hasn't detracted from the attraction at all. Yeah, it's different, but it's still as funny and quirky and weird as it was before. And I think one thing that Jungle Cruise benefits from is there's not you're sailing through four rivers on three continents in 10 minutes there was never really a story story it's more like the jokes in each scene it was like a more scene by scene thing so i I think it's worked a lot better the changes yeah i agree and because each skipper has his or her own set of jokes the story changes a little bit each time so you know they can really just as changes were made they adjust the, the story and the set of jokes and i think it works Yeah. And then in terms of what you said about getting uh, good skippers and a good boat, um, stay tuned for Disney do's and don'ts. I have a tip on that. So again, you know, Adventureland is a really great part of Magic Kingdom Park because we do feel like the Jungle Cruise is for everyone. Yes, the Cambodian Temple is a little bit dark. It's not pitch dark like Pirates of the Caribbean is, but this is a very fun ride. (laughs) Just in case, I I think everyone knows this, but I did want to clarify that all the animals are animatronics on this ride, so none of them are real. We should just make sure that uh, no one expects that there's actual tigers around, just in case. Um, And yeah, it's a lot of fun. The animatronics are good. And so just a really enjoyable ride that everyone should try. The only people who might not like the attraction, although I think you should still try it, are people who hate dad jokes. So like my kids, I guess. Your kids hate your dad jokes? No, that was a dad joke. <laughs> Fail. All right, moving on. Moving if it on. failed, it was a dad joke. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, good point. Good point. I never promised to make any jokes, but I also never promised that they would be any good. So let's move on. Uh, Genie Plus is a little bit tricky because of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Thanks so much. It is still very popular attraction on Genie Plus. If you want to ride the attraction, you should really get it as one of your first rides as times push back quickly. Um, we've said in other episodes that for Genie Plus, the thing to do is you want to, especially at the Magic Kingdom, book and ride, book and ride, book and ride. You don't want to have to wait two hours to book your next one. Well, if Jungle Cruise is on your list, you really want to get that early so that you can ride it and then book another Genie Plus attraction. Yes, I totally agree. But even better would be to try to ride this at rope drop via the standby line. So I think this is one, you know, it's not open early, like we said, Adventureland during the early theme park entry hours. And this is a great one to rope drop because again, like Joe said, this has gotten super popular thanks to the the movie. And I definitely think unless if you're not going to Fantasyland, make a beeline for Jungle Cruise at Rope Drop, and, you know, you're not at a disadvantage if you're staying off-site. So, you know, just be aware, standby line-wise, it is really hard to gauge how long the line is from the outside, so don't try. But if it's posted at less than 30 minutes and you really want to ride it, I think it's worth going for it because that's about as short as it's going to get, obviously, unless you're on a super, super low crowd day, which... Are rare. Today? Yeah, today? I guess today. Oh, Sorry, this is, I know, this is air, airing too late for people to have gone uh, on September 1st. That would have been nice. Leslie, current standby line is 30 minutes, and that's at noon. So that's wow. pretty, that is, that's very good. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that, like, I really do enjoy this attraction. If it is less than 30 minutes, it's one of the attractions where generally you're going to see standby lines at like 45 minimum to maybe 60, sometimes almost like 70, 80. And then at random times during the day, sometimes it'll drop for a little while. If I ever walk by and it's 30 minutes, 
I generally am going to queue for that attraction because it is a lot of fun and I almost always want to ride it. And like Leslie said, the attraction changes a little bit every time, depending on the skipper you got. So I guess I'm giving things away a little bit. So let's move to our attraction review and our tier ranking. I consider Jungle Cruise a very solid A tier attraction. It probably would be S tier if you could guarantee you always have a good skipper and a good boat. But the problem is like you could have a great skipper, but if you have a bad boat, that's not laughing or interacting, you know, that detracts from the experience a little bit, even if you're laughing on your own. And then of course, not all the skippers are S tier themselves, but solid A tier attraction, definitely worth trying definitely worth working out your line strategy to figure out what's the best way to get on it with the lowest line. What do you think, Leslie? Yeah, I totally agree. This is a solid A for me as well. You know, solid enough for us to plan our retirement around it. (laughs) So, I mean, again, always choose to ride it. And when you do get that magical skipper, I still remember one woman I had maybe about four years ago who just was the gold standard. And that stands out in my mind, you know, best Jungle Cruise ride ever and I thanked her profusely when I got off it was great and I called picked up the phone and called my husband because he wasn't on that trip and I was like you just missed it (laughs) the gold standard what you want to aspire to be in life so there you go very nice that doesn't cause marital strife when you uh you know give him FOMO for what he missed out on (laughs) no no it was all good he's seen enough skippers in his day and the last thing that we forgot to mention uh so I'll throw it in here is that over the Christmas holidays, the Jungle Cruise gets an overlay called the Jingle Cruise, which gives the attraction a festive vibe. I will say that like our line strategies, like the lines are even longer and Genie Plus is even tougher during the Jingle Cruise. So definitely bear that in mind if you're going in November, December, and maybe that first week of January. All right, Joe, well, you teased it earlier. So let's find out what your Disney do or don't is for us. Yes. So my Disney do a uh, shout out to Patty holiday of no guilt, Disney, both blog and podcast. You should all check that out. Um, she said this to me once, or maybe it was online, but she's totally right. Jungle cruise after dark, like when it something about when it's nighttime, I don't know if it's the crowds or the skippers, like the skippers get a little bit more loose in their jokes, not lewd or anything like that, but they just get a little bit more loose and chill and relaxed. And also the guests, as well get a little bit crazy um and so i've always found more often than not jungle cruise is more fun at nighttime the energy and the vibe is a lot better so definitely my disney do is check out jungle cruise at night maybe check out both during the day and during the night um, to see how they compare but i think uh going at night is definitely worth trying if you're gonna go on the jungle cruise and especially if you've been on the jungle cruise multiple times before totally agree great tip from patty All right. Well, let us know about your thoughts on Pirates of the Caribbean and Jungle Cruise. Please, again, send any hate mail about my C-tier ranking to tripswithtikes at gmail.com. But uh, yes, let us know what you think about the attractions. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I will see you when I have my walker and your husband is my Jungle Cruise skipper. Thanks, Joe. Thank you.